Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. so many times in my life but not for a year and to be doing it again I should be saying this on the show really shouldn't I? Well let's get on with it then say it on the show. Hello everyone <laughs> and welcome to Whatever Works. We're on show 135 and it is Thursday strangely the 15th of April. Now we're recording on Thursday because you've got a life back it seems. We're recording in the middle of the night Ted it's not even midday <laughs> and as a night owl <laughs> I've had to drag myself out of bed and fire myself up with several cups of tea. So if I'm not on all cylinders this morning, listeners, I do apologise. Yeah, I was just telling Ted off air that um, the world is slowly opening up and um, my mother and I actually drove to North London to sit socially and legally with with a couple of friends of hers outside in their garden for lunch. And it just feels so weird to be driving on the A1 that I know like the back of my hand, or rather did before COVID, and to see that it's still there and people are still alive and working and driving and shops are now open and the world is still there. It was a weird experience. Have you had anything like that yet, Ted? Well, it is strange. On Monday, just gone, the um, um, England opened up their borders, and so we, the north of Wales, just got flooded with everyone coming across here for holidaying. And um, yeah, so my the place where my static van is just suddenly on Monday got swamped, and there's people everywhere. So if you can hear in the background here people partying and and kids wow, shouting, yes, and then um, that that's what it is. Um, so yeah, it, it it is it is opened up, and the, the, some of the people that have arrived here said that the A55 across from on Monday um, was absolutely jam packed, <laughs> bumper to bumper, everyone, but everyone was coming from Manchester and Liverpool right across to North Wales, and that was it. The the floodgates opened, so it is weird, and suddenly we've gone from this ghost town to being like back to a normal summer. Not helped, I guess, in 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 some respects by the sun being out, and it's really warm and sunny um, most days of this week. It is indeed. You know, I mean, I am normally a grumpy old sod who doesn't like people and likes his own space, but I have to be, I don't, so I don't suppose it will last. But at the moment, I'm actually enjoying the kids in the sphere, in the school field across making too much noise and seeing well, let's people not go in the street. And, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kind of things that would normally get under one's skin and you think, oh, for God's sake, get rid of them. At the moment, I'm glad to see the world is out and about again, but let's hope that we all stay sensible and do it properly and don't end up in lockdown number 42 or whatever it's going to be indeed and i'm still waiting for my um, first jab i'm 58 and they said that i should have had it by the middle of april so they lied mind you today is the technically today is the middle of april isn't it so 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 hold on to your moaning for another 10 minutes until after yeah. midday ted <laughs> <laughs> whatever works dot works is where you'll find all the links to the stuff we're going to talk about in today's thrilling show and um, also, don't forget the MeWe group. Always, as always, do do join us in the MeWe group. If you're not already there, do join in. And Absolutely. Whatever works in your life, we'll bring the highlights of that to the shows as we go forward. TedSalmon.com for me, AidenBell.com for Aiden. And if you want to buy me a coffee, I would be very grateful. And um, you can do that at PayPal.me forward slash TedSalmon. Let's move straight to the MeWe feedback, shall we? And Gareth Williams. Gareth Williams has brought us the DJI Pocket 2. Now, DJI, of course, we are very well known for making drones. And Gareth has brought us this thing called a Pocket 2, which is, he says, a dedicated prosumer video capture package with versatility and quality at a reasonable price. And he ain't wrong, folks. 4K <laughs> video recording at up to 60 frames per second, built-in gimbal, stills up to 64 megapixel, built-in mini touchscreen, four microphones, Camera rotation 360 degrees, digital zoom. I opted for the creator's combo, says Gareth, which includes a wide-angle lens, mini tripod, wireless microphone and dead cat wind-reducing cover and do-it-all handle. Does it make you coffee and massage your shoulders while you're filming? (laughs) The handle adds tripod mount, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth functionality and a better grip for the camera. The whole package is just short of, standby, £500. Video output on a 4K TV looks stunningly realistic. Sound Sound is good if you use the wireless mic. 
A wealth of settings, options and fancy tricks ranging from time-lapse to auto-panorama. However, dot, 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 not weather-sealed or waterproof, but you get a £40 weather... Try that again, I put my teeth in and say, you can get a £40 waterproof shell from Amazon. It gets warm doing long 4K shoots. I'm very happy with my new bit of kit and I recommend it. You know, this strikes me immediately, Ted, as one of those things that demonstrates how quickly the world is moving on. As someone who knows a little bit about filming, a kit like this five, ten years ago would have cost you £5,000 and would have right. incorporated a separate gimbal and a separate camera and a sound system that all has to be compatible. And now the whole thing is built into something the size of a Zoom recorder that you can hold in your hand. Yeah. It really is. And, and I and I absolutely, you know, I, I can be a bit of a snob. I mean, especially, you know, I can get into my phone rant. Well, you can't put a lens, proper lens in a phone. You know, my another immediate thought is, well, can you put a proper lens into this? But I'm inclined to think that Gareth knows what he's talking about. And if he says the quality is good, the quality is good. I'm a bit gobsmacked. The, 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 the way things are moving and the size things are becoming, this really does look like a fabulous bit of kit. And therefore, just sub sub 500 pounds isn't that expensive. I wonder what he uses it for. Whenever I hear about people um, talking about um, these kind of cameras and these drones as well, and I think to myself, what do you actually do with it? What, what I, I don't know. Is it just a hobby that you just like flying drones or you like... I can agree take, with that because... Uh, and if you had a big family, for example, if you if you had a, a really extended family and you were trying to take video of kids and, and grandparents so that you could retain all those memories for later generations, okay, fair enough, I suppose. But in terms of hobbyist stuff about activities, maybe maybe Gareth goes snowboarding or something. I don't know. Well, but. yeah, it's it's interesting because and this is this is it's, perhaps this is early morning psychology for Aidan Bell. I find this with many things with 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 phones and headphones and recorders and cameras and video. I'm not very good at just playing in inverted commas and saying, "Oh, this is a fabulous device. Let me just go out and have fun with it." I'm a little bit too snobby for that. I want to have a purpose and a reason for owning a piece of equipment and then I can really appreciate it. So actually hats off further to Gareth if he is able to just go outside and record whatever whatever's going on outside and get, and get a kick out of doing that. Good for him. That's not snobbishness. That's pragmatism. <laughs> Aiden the pragmatist. Okay. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm I a bit like I prefer well. pragmatism to snobbishness. Yes, thank you, Ted. I'll yeah, take that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, very nice. Well done, Gareth. I'm glad. I hope you were enjoying it. And um, uh, good for you. Ian Barton is next on Vandemonium, which is a YouTube channel. Yes. Um, don't sneeze at the back there. <laughs> After hearing Ted mention his campervan experience on last week's Tech Have Edits you mentioned podcast, a campervan, Ted? I can't recall that. <laughs> can't you? <laughs> no, this was actually a campervan as in, you know, a, 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 a mobile. Oh, apologies. Um, yes, I do remember. Yes, that fantastic yeah. one. Yes, indeed. So I was talking about that on the Tech Addicts podcast with Gareth. I thought I would mention the Vandemonium YouTube channel, which is about converting a van into a camper van an ordinary van into a camper van. The presenter used to be a BBC radio reporter, so technical production is excellent. Oh, that's all for darling. Rather. Um, these are, there are lots of episodes and he progresses through the build, so you can you probably won't want to watch all of them, says Ian. At the end, he summarises the total cost of the build. Although he had no experience with this sort of project and DIY skills, the result is built to a high standard. Although I am reasonably competent and mechanical at basic electrical stuff, says Ian I wouldn't be um, sorry I would be a complete failure at the carpentry my carpentry skills he says are all based on using the Birmingham screwdriver also known as a big hammer <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that one before no, yeah. Birmingham screwdriver and I did live in Stafford for three years I would have thought I'd have known that Anyway, yeah, so I have to admit that I meant to go and look at some of these videos and I completely forgot, Ian, sorry. I'll, I'll do it as my homework this week. Um, but anyone else um, interested in doing that? In, in actual fact, um, Steve Litchfield, who we're coming on to in a minute, um, he is one person I do know from in the past who, who did some of this stuff. He, he lived in a camper van back in the day, like 25, 30 years ago. Um, and he, he, he did some of this stuff. So I think he was quite interested in this. So yeah, yeah, I'll have a look. 
Yes, I did have a quick look, and I have to say it wasn't for me. It's not really my bag. But I can certainly concur with what Ian says, that the guy was was very competent and came over very well, and the technical quality is indeed good. So, yes, if, if this is your, your thing, then absolutely. Well, well recommended. Excellent. Thank you. Yes, and as you say, Steve Litchfield has brought us his own DIY car drawer special. I rather like this. This this falls into my neck of the woods. Under the car's passenger seat, says Steve, there's a big space and it seems totally wasted. I found a cardboard box in my office that was the right size and so used it instead of making something of the same size. Cardboard is fine. Inside my box is an emergency stuck somewhere IT kit. Now, this is the Steve bit. I mean, we all have kits, but listen to Steve's. Power bank, Bluetooth keyboard, solar panels, cables, wired headphones, Bluetooth speaker, multi-tool and more. I guess the more is just a coffee machine and a jacuzzi. Now all tucked away and always in the car and using space that was otherwise wasted. Yeah, very, very thinking outside the box. See what I did there? The box. Um, Very good, Steve. I concur. You're a man after my own heart. It's the sort of thing that I would and indeed do do. And... um, Nice tip if you have space underneath the passenger seat of your car or indeed the front seat, although a lot of front seats don't have much space under them, then um, go for it. Find a box of the right size, fill it up with stuff that you might need should you be in one of those completely unforeseeable situations. Fill it up and it's always there if you want it. Thinking inside the box and outside the box. Simultaneously. There, the, the Schrodinger. Schrodinger Litchfield has brought us. Look at that. Look at that. Lot. Power bank, Bluetooth keyboard, solar panels, cables, <laughs> wired headphones, Bluetooth speaker, multi tool. To, to be fair, Steve does get out and about a lot. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's always um, having to go down to the West Country um, every weekend, yes. I think, now. And so I guess you want to have gear with you. I, if I was living in my car in, in as much in the sense that he does, I think I'd want to have stuff with me yes. as well, and I probably would do similar things. I think it's it, you have to define your your definition of the word emergency. For me, an emergency box would be a blanket and some fresh water. <laughs> for, for Steve, a it's a Bluetooth keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hang the fact that he can't eat, as long as he can get online. Absolutely. Dear well me. done, Steve. Yes. Right, let's move on. Ed House, who actually was our guest, first-time guest on PSE last week. Indeed. And um, it, was, it was very nice to chat with him. He has chipped in with his iPod Shuffle, fourth generation, and Sony MDR ED21 earphones. The Shuffle, he says, is the perfect, uncomplicated way to enjoy music, particularly good for being out on a run or when you don't want any notifications. If they made a bigger capacity one now, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Comparing directly with the Galaxy S8 phone, the sound is better out of the Shuffle over earphones at least. Uh, Well, it would be because actually the Shuffle, just to be clear, hasn't got any speakers, so um, you've got to use it with earphones. I had this with my iPod um, Classic, which I um, put on to hark back on on Tech Addicts last week. Um, That's one point where the phone however rubbish the speaker is on your phone or speakers um they, at least they, it's got some whereas these ipods yes, don't have yes. that you're stuck with earphones or headphones and that's your lot but that's that's fine um that that is clearly defined at the outset i'm not an audiophile um ed goes on so i can't explain perfectly but it seems like it has more depth and is better defined in terms of sound the sony earphones are somewhere between in-ears and outer ear okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> Ignore me in the back. You're, you're you're cheering up now, aren't you? And um, offer decent bass, reasonable mids, and some treble. Morning, mornings are for you after all. Yeah. Good for me. Actually, it's afternoon now. Yes. Um, good for me around the house because I can still hear the nippers arguing and enjoy the music. I've had these for eight to ten years, he says. Um, so they've lasted very well. Can't find anyone still stocking them, sadly. But even... Uh, sorry, doesn't even seem to be anything on the market even like them, so, so he says. But yeah, I, I completely am with Ed on this. I uncovered, I won't go through it all again because I did it on Tech Addicts, but I uncovered my iPod Touch and it was as good as new I, I and I started using it and the sound's great. And um, yeah, I, I, who knows what you've got tucked away in a drawer somewhere. It might be worth looking and, and actually you might find you get some use out of it like I and um, Ed and, I, and myself have. I think there's also a point to be made that a lot of stuff we might find in the back of cupboards and in drawers that's eight or ten years old is actually better built and more likely to be of a Rolls-Royce standard than a lot of what we buy these days. So um, better before and all that. 
wonder who bought it. Okay then, here we go. Ian Watson's idea again is um, coming to fruition. And this time, the, we, the idea of this, just for anyone that needs hasn't heard this before, is that I have a look through the Amazon Associates link, so people that have bought things on my Amazon Associate link, and to see if there's just anything interesting. I can't tell who's bought it, incidentally. There's no name to it, just the fact that someone has bought it. And before I go on, I'd like to thank whoever it was who bought an expensive Xiaomi mobile phone from there that's really good and that that's um that that's netted me a few quid so thank you very much indeed but the item that i picked out that someone bought is the eddington's heavy duty can crusher and the reason i picked this out and uh, as a, a point of interest was because i used to have one of these attached to the wall um, when I lived in Sussex, and it was really good. It crushed um, cans down to next to nothing. It was a bit tougher. I might have even brought it to the show. I can't remember. It was a bit tougher on, like, tins of beans, but in terms of drinks cans, it crushed them to absolutely next to nothing. However, this one is not quite the same as that. In it, you don't attach it to the wall. You use it on the floor... Um, oh, and you, you stamp on it. Yes. You stamp on it, yeah. <laughs> the handle crushes it sideways. And I've never used one that does it that way. I'm assuming that, well, as long as you can use your feet and you haven't got gout like me, then um, you, you'll be able to crush cans easily the other way around. So that was quite interesting. This one's 20 quid, but there are other ones um, cheaper, I noticed, in Amazon, if you want to go cheaper. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever used one of these? No, I never have, and I've barely heard of one. I'm just wondering whether it might have been the producer of Midsummer Murders who's bought this, because it looks exactly like the sort of thing you could have a devious crime with. Um, oh, right. Yeah. No, I've not come across them before. I mean, I, you know, we've all smashed um, Coke cans in our bare hands at school to show how strong we are, and that's about <laughs> the extent of my can-crushing abilities. So, it, it, I mean, I don't think I get through nearly enough cans to warrant owning one, let alone buying one, but... Um, Good fun. You know, you know what started that, don't you? Was the um, the scene in Jaws where um, Matt Hooper was trying to to make himself look as manly as um, what's his name? You know, the boat owner. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Roy yeah, Schneider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, um, no, the other one, the 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 guy that was going to catch the Richard shark Dreyfus. In his boat. No, no, no. Richard Dreyfus was Matt Hooper, and we we digress. I think we're off topic um, here. <laughs> I think we're going to need to get a bigger show. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> very, very good. Let's go cheapest chips. Yep, I've just cheated and looked it up, and it's um, Robert Shaw, of course. <laughs> Um, who, you, who you may or may or may not know. Very famous actor. Let's move on, shall we? Jeremy Harpham is in here. Cheap as chips on washable face masks. Ah. Good value at £4.99 for two. Cheap as chips. They are triple layered with a proper fil filter that you replace and a vent. Adjustable ear loops and the masks are washable. Filters are good for 24 hours use. I bought mine at the start of the pandemic and still going strong after washes and filter changes, etc. Note that I haven't had to change the filter many times as 24 hours use takes a while. Invariably, I've washed the map first. Invariably, I've washed the map first. What does that mean? I don't know what it means, and there's no link in my recording notes, so I can't see these masks either. Mask. I, I believe it must be you, mask. Jeremy. <laughs> it's, um, I've washed the mask first. Invariably, I've washed the, washed the mask first. I think so, yeah. Anyway, yes. there you go, yeah. So so there was a, a, an ensuing discussion about the masks that people are getting and the lo the ear loops that people are using. So track that down in the MeWe group if you're interested, um, because it, mask technology, you know, uh, everyone's just taken off with this whole mask That's thing, right. obviously, because they, they, they see it as a money-making venture um, and the prices of these masks are up and down that they're, they're, they're so hugely variable so you, you it is good to get a recommendation so thank you Jeremy. Indeed and I facetiously brought that conversation to a complete halt when I stated that there's only really one way to be totally safe from Covid and posted a picture of Darth Vader <laughs> <sighs> But we move on, and we move on to my own cheapest chips. And thank you very much, by the way, Jeremy. I hope you didn't think we were making too much fun of your excellent idea. Five pounds for two masks, definitely cheapest chips and worth checking out. I bring you a powder hit disposable charger. Now, I almost considered starting a new section of the show called Still Not Using. <laughs> uh -huh. Because... 
I found this in my glove compartment. Um, I've been recently getting prepping the car, ready for when the world starts moving again, and the car does too, and I in it. And um, as you know, Ted, because you very kindly helped me to try and organise a new uh, uh, glove compartment phone for my car. And in the cleaning oh, yeah. of the glove compartment, I found this thing called a power hit disposable charger for Android, which is a little tiny disposable battery inside a wee plastic pouch. And the idea is, if you find yourself um, in a Steve Litchfield-esque emergency and you haven't got a solar panel charger to hand, you can rip this thing open, plug it into the bottom of your phone and give yourself enough juice to call the AA. Um, now, it had been in my car for at least two years. I mean, it's been there right throughout COVID and I think a good year before that. So I thought, well, I'm not going to risk having never tried this, keeping it for an emergency, I'll see if it's any good. So I unwrapped it, plugged it into a phone. I had to dig up an old phone because it's a, a micro USB, not USB-C. I plugged it into a into an old cracked, broken old Huawei phone that I have that was at 7%. Uh, and it charged for an hour and took the phone up to 28% and then stopped charging. So it's not exactly fantastic, but if you if you needed to make that serious and important an emergency phone call, then, you know, boosting from seven to 28 percent in just under an hour would be possibly a, a lifesaver. So I think I can recommend this thing. It's got a, I've, of course, I've taken it apart. I've had a sneaky look inside, although it's also written on the back that it has a 600 uh, milliamp battery in there. Uh, output 5 volts. So, as I say, the one I've got calls itself Android, by which it means old-fashioned micro-USB. I don't know whether there's a USB-C version now available, which is actually what most of us would need these days. But I, even though I haven't actually bought and used one recently, the fact that this one sat in the car for two years and still managed an hour's worth of charge convinces me they must be pretty good. And for £1.99, it's worth a punt. Power hit, yeah. disposable charger. Definitely, and and the ones that you can, uh, w we haven't spoken about these on the on the show before, but the ones that you now tend to get are the ones that you can put AA batteries into, and so um, you can you, you can put it in the glove box, but then go and buy. Um, ah, you see, some AA late, I'm late to the party as always. Yes, right. yes. No, no, no. But your your one was probably uh, of a different era where that that wasn't hadn't been thought yes, of yet, yes. and it, and it's interesting that it still had charge and whatever, but. The, yeah, I think if you want one of these now, you're probably into the AA ones. Yes, or I have um, put a link. I mean, I did find this one on eBay, which is how I got the 199 price. Okay. You can buy them on eBay. Uh, but no, obviously, if there is a slightly more advanced one that, as you say, takes, I mean, anything that takes AA batteries, Ted Salmon is going to want to have Yay. one of. But um, yeah, there we go. Two, <laughs> two, two possibilities um, for Steve to add to his emergency box under his car seat. Very good. So this one in your picture you put in the show notes here, you've ripped in half of it. I just ripped it in half to have a look because yeah. <laughs> it's classic Aiden Bell. Rip it in half and look inside before you just turn it over and read the back. <laughs> did you, yes. Did, did, were you able to put it back together again? I didn't even try, Ted, because, I mean, it was right. two quid and I'd already flattened it. So, I mean, it, okay. it'll go in the bin when this podcast is over. Fair enough. Right, OK, then. So there you go. Two links, one for Aiden's one and one for a Amazon alternative. Nice one. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. Everything doesn't have to be expensive. And this is a $39 I want one of those. Ah. <laughs> and it's called a Tempe. And it's a, it's subject to a Kickstarter campaign. Um, the current price is $39. Um, and it's very very simply a thermometer to plug into your smartphone with supporting software for android or ios so you plug this thing in the end of your smartphone into the lightning port or the um usb c port and you point it at your forehead in the same way as they do when you're out and about um at hospitals mm -hmm. and what have you and instead of having an expensive gun you've got a th um, this thing stuck in your phone it reads the temperature of your forehead and it um, gives you software to track that, back it up, make a pattern, you know, the usual thing that yes, software yes. does. Um, and uh, that's it, really. It, it's just simple. It, it, obviously, nobody's got these yet, so it might be absolute rubbish. Um, but assuming it's not absolute rubbish, it sounds like it's a really good solution. Hang it's got a little key fob thingy, so when it's when it's not plugged in your phone, you can hang it on your key ring and then just stick it in the bottom of your phone when you need to. A flipping marvellous idea. Do you know what? I love this with a caveat, which is the same caveat oh. everyone's going to have. Well, does it work? 
you see, the, the yeah. problem for me is it's not it's not a toy, it's not a gimmick, it's not a thing for fun. It's a thing to actually tell you what your temperature is for serious medical reasons, uh, or could be. And therefore, I would want to know that it's accurate. This is the same thing that puts me off somewhat, you know, smartwatches and phones telling you your heart rate, etc. I would want to know that it was accurate. If it can be proven to be accurate and safe and genuine, then absolutely put me to the front of the queue because I think it's a fabulous idea. Indeed, yes, I agree with you, and I think it'll be a it'll be a good one. Still using, still using. What I am still using, I have been sat fiddling with for the last ten minutes because not only is it very useful for its intended purpose, but it's a very good fiddler. I'm still using my Moldex earplugs. Um, you'll remember, dear listener, I'm sure that some months ago we went through a series of trying out certain earplugs and discussing earplugs. And, and I'm not talking about headphones or anything technical. I'm just talking about good old fashioned bits of rubber that you bung in your ear to stop yourself hearing anything. And being the sensitive soul that I am, it took me a long while, you may remember, to find earplugs that I was happy with. And I believe, Ted, that you actually then got yourself some of these afterwards as well. They are, I mean, there's not, again, a bit, a bit like your thermometer. There's not much to say, except you, 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 you know, you can squeeze and pinch it down to a size that you, you find a shape that you like and then bung it in your ear and then it slowly expands again and blocks out uh, all noise and is a very comfortable earplug. And as I say, because of the fact that it's a sort of squishy foam that squishes down into a small size and then expands back out again, it's great fun to fiddle with. So if you don't need earplugs, you can play with them. £15.56 for a box of 50. I'm sure they come in smaller boxes at, at smaller prices, but um, highly recommended earplugs. I've got one in my ear right now. Well, there. Sorry, I said earplugs, Ted. <laughs> when, when we put this on the show, when you brought this to the show before, do you remember we did the, the test to see how long it went back to That's right. its yes, ori yes. original shape? And, and I seem to recall it took 10 minutes while it went back to its original shape. But, I, yeah, I, I did. You, you were kind enough to send a, a handful That's of these over right, to me. Yes. And they worked perfectly <clears throat> well. And so I bought myself a box. Um, and the box was, um, as you say, it had 50 in it. And I've still got them. And furthermore, I don't know if you remember this as well. I put them through the washing you machine. You washed them and put them back. Yes, you dirty yeah, bugger. I've got a bag. <laughs> I've got a, a washing machine bag and, you know, one of those little um, vanity bags, whatever they're called. And um, I, I, I put the, the used ones in there, put it through the washing machine, and they come out as good as new. So I never need to buy another box of 50 because they're essentially recyclable. Really good shout, and I'm still using them. I use them because I've got a hole in my eardrum, but uh, you know, for other people, probably sleeping is the main. Indeed, use, isn't that's it? for what I use them for. And incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, today's useless piece of information: if you take one of these earplugs and you squeeze and mould it just the bottom, not the fat end, you can make the perfect soft rubber golf tee. <laughs> just so you know. As long as you hit the ball in ten minutes. Yes. <laughs> And it's a very light ball, too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Very good. The Moldex um, Durafit. That's what they're called, oh. yeah, Durafit. Now, I think we're, we're staying on the subject of ears, aren't we, for your still using? Yeah, it, it seems to be a, an ear and hearing show, doesn't it? My thing that I'm still using is my Soundcore Life Q10 headphones, which I bought to the show during 2018 or 19, mm -hmm. I think. Um and I'm still using these headphones, well, now and again. Um, and that was the main purpose of why I brought this, really, was because I don't use them all the time. If I, I link to um, my review in the in the show notes, and you will see, actually, that I find them very bass-heavy. Now, you can get around that by various means of, of um, um, equalisation on, mm -hmm. on your device. But they are bass-heavy, and that's why they're not the first pair I go to. So... During um, lockdown, when I couldn't get to my stuff in this static, they were here and they stayed here the whole time. Um, I was away for three and a half months. They weren't charged up probably for a month or two before that. So I reckon they had not been used or charged for the best part of six months when I came back to them um, last week to look at them. But... Well, can you believe it? They didn't need any charging at all. They, the battery, um, as reported by my linked devices, because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't tell you itself. All right. But the battery, well, there's, well, there's a lady's voice that says, battery, high. Oh, yes, yes, or, I know her. Battery, I know this low. Well, yes. Yeah. 
But but if you if you link it up to your phone or something, it tells you what the battery charge is. Now, how accurate that is, I don't know. But it, it but it said it's a hundred percent. And six months later, or the, or the best part of six months later, this thing has sat doing nothing, and the battery inside it. Uh, I I think that that's really impressive in to in terms of holding a charge when inactive. It means that when you go to your headphones, you know that you can just use them, and not that you go to your your headphones like I've had to do previously in in years gone by. And you know that that you won't be able to use them because the battery will be dead, and you've got to charge it and then use it. By which time you've found some other solution. I'm very impressed with these. The Soundcore Life Q10 headphones. They've actually updated these now to the Q20 and I think the Q30, but the Q10 is the one I've got. And the, the, the not only is the battery obviously really good at holding a charge when inactive, but the battery life in use is stonkingly good as well. Recommended. They're still on sale at um, Amazon. 42 quid and if you particularly if you like bass heavy stuff um then they're, they're really really good i think the later versions added active noise cancellation that's what the difference was as they went forward but i don't need that and that these ones suited my needs very well but yeah 42 quid i think that's a really good bargain um soundcore of course as we know um is a company de derivative of anchor who we love well, being a, a fan of Ted Salmon, before I was lucky enough to become a friend of Ted Salmon, I know from many years of listening <coughs> excuse me, to you on podcasts that battery longevity is important to you. Um, mm. So, yeah, you've, you've found something that works perfectly for you there. I would say, uh, facetiously, th th this is no longer then still using. This is reusing. <laughs> Ah, yes, but um, yeah, good, good call, Ted. Um, and I, I'm all for, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> early morning frogs. <coughs> Sounds like a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of, of bass frequencies because they, they tend to disappear in headphones these days, especially in-ear ones. In-ear, mate. Right. So, um, no, if something is bass heavy, that, that's a plus for me anyway. So, yeah, I, I, I would stand by yeah. those with you, Ted. It has, it, it, on top of it being bass heavy, it's got this switch on it, which you press for extra bass. And I can't believe that anyone would turn that on. When I turn that on, I just, I, I, I can't even keep the headphones <laughs> on my head. It's, it's just, just ridiculous. Rush off to the toilet straight away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, yeah, I, I can, um, I can use them by tweaking it down on equalization, which is fine. So there you go. Reviews, reviews, reviews. And it's you, Ted. I'm right. going to just sit back and let you do oh, this yeah. show single-handed. <laughs> the, the review department this time, I'm turning into... Oh, well, beautifully sung, by the way, Ted, I will say. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so kind. The review department this time, uh, I'm going to be turning into a DIY review. And it's a really quick and simple one to, to a large degree. I posted a picture of my um, bath turned into shower on the MeWe group just to say, look what I've done. I've done some DIY. But actually, it's a real cheat because it wasn't really any DIY. It it was buying two shower curtains and two telescopic um, curtain rails and putting them crisscross like a scaffolding across the ceiling of my static in order to um, not let water escape from the uh, bath when I'm having a shower. So... When I first got this static, there was a bath in there. Unbelievably. I think I've said before, I've never seen a static with a bath in before. Anyway, I, I don't want a bath. I just want to use a shower. Um, and the water, when I was having a shower, just leaked everywhere. It was the, 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 there was no curtain. There was one screen on the left, which was completely useless. Um, so there was water everywhere. And I thought, eventually, the floor's going to be rotting if I carry on like this. So... I got these two tele telescopic poles, which are about 15 quid from Asda. Um, the, you, you put them across the ceiling. Uh, you can buy them different lengths. I had to buy one longer and one shorter for the width and the length of the room. Um, you put them in place um, high up on the, the two sides, the two walls facing each other, and just screw them out. And so the, 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 the pressure inside by the screwing of the internal mechanism then forces them against the walls and you screw them into place and the, the, the pressure, the outward pressure, um, uh, you know, holds them Ted, apart. Ted, you, so you need to you, qualify why you had to go for that, that you can't put things in the ceiling or the walls where you live. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So in a, a static home, um, thank you for the reminder. In a static home, you, you, the walls and the ceiling are just rubbish because you can't really sensibly screw anything into them because they're just they're, they're paper thin. And the, as soon as you try and do that, you, it, it's a very difficult thing to do to screw things into caravan walls. I did think about having an L-shaped rail. Um, but then you've still got to hang something from the ceiling on the L bit in order to take the weight yes, of the middle yes, bit. Yes. And, and, <clears throat> and so I, I thought about, um, you know, these sucker hooks and things like that. And I, I thought it's going to fall down eventually because they always they seem to do that unless they're particularly if they're upside down on the ceiling. Um, I've used them on glass on windows and they do really well. I think I brought those to the show before as well. Yes, you have. Um, yes. But upside down on, <clears throat> on a caravan ceiling, I think that they're just not not the trick so anyway so you screw these things out they press themselves against the two ends of the wall and then you hang a curtain from it you then do the same with the other way and you hang another curtain from that one um there's far too much curtain but actually that works in my favor because that means that you can wrap it right round loads of extra curtain and no water yes. gets out at all and it, it, it works a treat so 15 quid for the two poles that's 30 quid and um about eight quid for the the curtains so you know for the for the price of um uh you know f uh, well 40 something just over 40 mm -hmm. quid i suppose i've got a solution and i'm not making everywhere wet and it works a treat there you go ted at the very beginning of your monologue you put yourself down by saying oh i didn't really do much it was just no 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 i i i think you this is brilliant this is this is the heath robinson society in action and um <laughs> Excellent. I, I, uh, it's exactly the sort of outside the box thinking that I enjoy. And the idea of putting two crisscross uh, rails up to create the little corner for the bath is brilliant. And I salute you, sir. How kind of you to say so. You're very welcome. Um, if only you meant it. <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard that jingle for a wee while. Now then, Microsoft have a lot to answer for. I live in a world where you have a computer in front of you and you have programs on the computer and you open and you close and you work with programs. Then you have a phone and on your phone you have apps and they're also programs but they're called apps and they're APKs, they're not EXEs and APK apps work on phones and EXE programs work on computers. Well, now it seems to have all gone upside down and inside out because now I suddenly find that in my start menu on the computer I have a whole series of apps, which I don't believe are apps. I think they're EXEs and they work like programs, but why are they called apps? Now, you came in and, and helped me out here, Ted, by telling me that it was basically Microsoft trying to get in on the Android Act because of Chromebooks. Is that right? I think one of the things that Microsoft are doing is they're trying to hit the... Um, again, we spoke about this on, on Tech Addicts last week. They're, they're trying to create um, an environment um, where they can challenge what Chromebooks are doing. Um, and Chromebooks are really good in the education sec sector. And um, they, Microsoft are trying to do something about that. They, they, they're bringing in this um, um, version of Windows 10 called Windows 10X, which is going to... Um, to challenge that, make make machines with running Windows 10X, which are basically Chromebooks. They're a browser, which they'll use Edge in, but Edge is now based on Chromium anyway. So um, the, the the point is that they're, they're, they're trying to get in on the action, I think. Right. And and one of the things that they're, they're trying to do um, generally is acknowledge that people do live in apps and that many, many people, maybe not so much in the West, but certainly in other parts of the world, have their phone as their only computer. Mm. So if they do go, if they do go to a Windows computer, they want to make sure that they feel at home and have their apps on it. Now that's what Chrome did some time ago, some years ago. They 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 started to make the um, Android apps available in in Chromebooks. So across the bottom of your dock on your Chromebook, you can open apps. Now, a lot of that doesn't work properly because as we know, Android doesn't work well in landscape in many applications. Some do, some are rubbish. I mean, a good example is MeWe. It, it just looks stupid on a Chromebook in the app. So I don't understand why you wouldn't just, if you're using a Chromebook like I do, 
open Chrome and go to MeWe, and then you'll see it in full landscape yes. like you would on any other computer. Um, some applications have been written specifically so they do work properly in uh, an app, and that's fine. But I think the going back to what your your question is, um, I think it's all about that. It's about making sure that Microsoft and Windows is keeping up to date with what what people want and what they're using. And we live, whether you like it or not, we live in an app based society and not in a XE based society anymore even if that's hidden behind the scenes um, and you'll see more of this going forward. M Microsoft are about to release a, a new version of Windows um, Chrome is now um, being released uh, as version 90 more tweaks on that the, the world is turning Aidan keep up. Okay but I want to know technically I'm looking at my computer now If I on my computer I have a series of apps which I've never even bothered to open or play with or look at because I'm not interested but let's just pick one out of out of uh, uh, random No, oh let's just make it up, Ted's Caravan if I open the Ted's Caravan app on my computer is that technically the very same software programming as if I were to open the program of Ted's caravan. Let's, let's, let, let's take a real example. A real example is Skype. Okay. Because what they're trying to do is to get people to use... Microsoft want people to use Skype, the, the version of it, that you, the app version of it, that you download from their store. Right. So on, on your Windows computer now, you've got the, um, the Microsoft store, and they want you to use the apps, inverted commas, that, that are in the store. However, you can go to Skype's... Don't forget that Skype is owned by Microsoft. Um, you can go to online to Skype and download the exe file still for your Windows computer, which is what you and I do. But most people won't feel the need to do that. So they'll just... They'll yeah, but what, just what I'm asking the... is, if I'm sat in front of the computer and I double-click the exe of Skype and it opens, and then I double-click the app of Skype and it opens, what is the difference in that scenario on my PC? It, it looks different. It, it, the, the one one is geared up in an, an app environment style way, and the the um, the Windows version is is done differently. We'll do it and, and yeah. see. You'll, you'll see for yourself, um, and you'll see how differently they look. But don't do it now because we're talking on Skype. <laughs> well, blah. That puts me in a bad mood. So let's have some Room One Hundred One instead then. <laughs> So I'm going to keep complaining. <laughs> this is just a quick one that occurs to me every now and again when I'm in the kitchen. I'm not a cook. I don't cook. I'm sorry to say I'm a ding-ding man. I, I just shove stuff in the oven and the microwave for the you know prescribed amount of time. And I get some lovely food and my mother and I are happy eating it. So no problem there. But what I want to moan about is the fact that you can buy a packet of something and everything's written in glorious technicolor with beautiful pictures and fonts and inks and colors and it looks wonderful but when you want to actually get to the nitty-gritty of how to cook it and you turn it upside down the cooking instructions are tiny and you need to get not only glasses but binoculars to be able to read the bloody thing so my my beef is why oh why are cooking instructions written in the tiniest font that is humanly possible when there's no need why is there no need? You tell me why there's no need. When, when if you're if you've got a packet which is the, the 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 manufacturers are under a great deal of pressure to make packets not bigger than they sh they need to be. Like you know we've seen the examples of that with Amazon boxing with huge boxes. So they're under pressure to make smaller smaller packaging, and then they're also under pressure legally to print all the warnings that everyone has to have because of EU law, no doubt. And you've got to be warned about this, warned about that. I mean, look at look at boxes of paracetamol. Or yeah, something. I take and that. I, yeah, but adjust it, adjust them, make the make the legally required stuff that nobody wants to read anyway smaller, and make the cooking instructions bigger. No, there'll probably be some legal requirements about that. There's probably some standard they've got. You're not allowed to have your instructions smaller font than such a... I bet you there is. I bet you there's, they've got to com they comply with a code. Well, wooga humphmumum. I thought you'd be with me on that one, Mr. <laughs> Salmon. Move on at once. <laughs> right, I've got, a, I've got one. Um, and it is. I want to throw into Room 101 companies who quote battery life of earbuds on the basis of combining the charge in the holder. So take an example ah. of 
iPod, um, an iPod, um, not iPod, I, what are they called? AirPods. Um, so if you get the um, the sales gump for a thing like AirPods, you um, you get the, the charge that's in the actual earpieces that you put in your ears and they, they quote the whole thing as the package. So they include, they'll say, right, for example, I don't know about AirPods, but for example, they'll say, this has got 12 hours um, uh, playing time. But actually, when it comes down to it, it's not really. It's three hours playing time, but you've got to put it back in the charger for each time to charge it to get the 12 hours up. And I think that's a scam. I, It's like, it's like saying... You know, your mobile phone has got a 20,000 milliamp hour battery as long as you take along a 16,000 milliamp hour power bank with you. You know, it's just a scam and a con and they should they should be making you, they should be made to quote the two things separately because essentially the case is a charger. I totally agree, Ted. I'd never heard of it, never come across this before, but I, I that, yeah, I mean, my, my jaw is sort of open as I, yeah, how ridiculous is that? Yeah. I mean, if it was plugged, if it was actually permanently plugged in, would they then say <laughs> non-stop performance never runs out of battery? <laughs> it is. It's, it's something that I've thought about quite a lot, though, over the over time, because when you go to Amazon to try and buy a pair of um, earbuds with a case included, you've got to really drill down to get to the truth of how long they'll last away from the case. And, and and that's you know again like your food packaging font size it, it's just it's misleading and and it's difficult to deal with and you've got to think I, I can see that lots of people are going to buy products like that and say oh yeah my earbuds have got 12 hours um charge and then actually when they start using it say it, when it runs out after three hours they they then start to find out what the truth is Anyway, there you go. Room 101. It's not like my food packaging because I agreed with you on this one. Moving on, <laughs> Ahmed Bivas brings us smelly cheese. Ahmed says he's bringing us pre-grated Parmesan cheese and says this stuff is why I always have a nice block of fully aged Parmesan in the fridge. The pre-grated stuff you find at the supermarkets smells like baby vomit. But freshly grated, <laughs> fully aged Parmesan, on the other hand, has little or no aroma. I can't disagree with you, Ahmed. The only thing I would take you to task with is if I had a block of Parmesan in the fridge, it would still be there in 15 years time because we eat so little of it. I guess you need to have a use case. to. But yep, good call. Good call. The fresh stuff is better than the baby vomit pre-grated. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I agree. I've I've had both, and um, I actually quite like baby vomit smell. If that's what the smell is, actually, when I take the lid off of a grated, dried um, Parmesan cheese uh, tube, tub, whatever they call it, I actually like that smell, and I think it's nice to smell that. You know, anyway, that's a good own. point, Ted, because now when I think about it, uh, in the days when we used to go out, you'd be in a restaurant, or would you like some cheese? And they have this bloody great big pepper grinder thing that they grind the, the Parmesan onto your, onto your Italian. Yeah. And you're right, it doesn't smell so badly, but actually I kind of miss... Sorry, Ahmed, I think Ted and I are into baby vomit. Perhaps we should move on. <laughs> maybe, no. Well, to be fair to Ahmed, maybe the stuff that they do in restaurants is not the same as the stuff you get from the yes, supermarket yes. shelf, which is fair enough. But actually, I, I'm, I'm sorry to disagree with you, um, Ahmed, but I, I actually do like that smell. But each to their own. Let's move on. It's because you never have a bath. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And no no baths, only showers. Um, Gareth Williams, he wants to throw room so into room 101, O2's deliberate obstruction. Ooh. I got an iPhone, which was locked to O2, he says. Not a problem, as my main SIM for many years has been O2 via Sky. Um, upon setting up the phone, the iPhone would not allow me to activate it, saying it was locked and I needed to contact my network provider. After trying various options, I called O2 and explained very carefully everything about the situation and my requirements. It took 40 minutes, incidentally. Um, I was told they cannot help me. They um, even denied that Sky um, used the O2 network. <laughs> 
<laughs> so obviously, obviously, there was someone on the phone on their first day. Yeah, wasn't working there? from their script. Yes, yes. Yes, I advise that I wanted to cancel my contract. In that case, I've had enough of this. I'm cancelling my contract. And then, magically, can you believe it? Suddenly became oh. possible for them to do it, and they unlocked the iPhone. So yeah, you're. you're I think. A lot of these, we over the years we've had a lot of these, Gareth, and the it, it comes down to to individual operators um, of you know operators of phones, um, of sorry of helplines and how well they're trained and um, whether they're trying to go for their tea break or yes, you know yes. at, at the time etc etc. There is a human element there, and palming people off is something that they regularly do. Um, hopefully these days it's not it should be getting better because they invite you to feedback after your call and they and they they're actually quite keen to get people to feedback and say how are our staff um behaving and hopefully that actually does yes. get fed back and, and and it does something to work yes i mean the human element is key that's why you can have a tesco delivery with a charming girl that you so happy with and you give them a, a bouquet of roses and then i can have a grumpy old fart deliver from tesco and say they're the worst supermarket in in the world and it's just a question of of who you get on the day that you're doing you're having your interaction with them isn't it it certainly is and that that girl we should we give a gold star to that that very girl the one that is cheerful and friendly and delivers nicely because we've got no other gold stars to give <laughs> okay out. i agree with you i just <laughs> wanted to make one other point <laughs> um to gareth concerning the o2 thing which i think i mentioned on i commented on the mewe group it also comes down to the size of companies and i think that's a great shame that the bigger yeah, yeah. the company the harder it is to get a, 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 a personal service a service that's actually tailored to your individual problem yes indeed and that if you have a small company the family run i mean it's the difference between a family run corner shop and a conglomerate supermarket you'll always get a better quality of service from a small company than you will from a colossal one and so we'd like to give a gold star to i'll try my link again <laughs> well so we'll give a gold star to small family run firms that do things properly you just want to hear the gold star jingle don't you ted that's what it is okay <laughs> Okay, well, there we are. There was the gold star jingle after the gold stars that were no gold stars at all. Where are we going now, Ted? <laughs> yes, I think we've done it. We're done, I aren't we? I think we are, yes. Aiden. I think I can have my morning cup of tea now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, look, it's nearly one o'clock now, for goodness sake. Okay. This is the afternoon. Oh, dear. After what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks' time. As always, whatever works dot works is where you'll find links to all the stuff we've been dribbling on about in this show. TedSalmon.com for me, AidenBell.com for Aiden, and don't forget the MeWe group. Don't also forget PodHub UK, which is where we host all the links to all the other audio podcasts that we're all involved in. So head across there for that. Um, and once more, if you want to keep whatever works going, don't forget you can chip into the whatever works um, pot so we can buy stuff to review and all the rest of it by sending a Amazon gift voucher thingy to my personal email address and I magically turn it into cash for the show. So um, please do that. Um, any last words from you, young Aidan? It sounds a bit like children in need. If you'd like to donate, I'll give you my own personal bank account details and you can put all your yes. money in there. We, we can trust Ted, dear listener. I can tell you that, yes. No, final words. Um, I'm glad I'm awake now. Have a lovely day, everyone. <laughs> Thank you very much. And so, don't forget, whatever, whatever works, works. works.